What's up, y'all? And welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. On today's show, I have a young man who has used his love and his gift for writing and spoken word to reach out to those to not only just to heal himself, but to heal others. He is now a published author, a motivational speaker, and a photographer. It gives me great honor to introduce to you, Hugh Williams. So you were born and raised in New York, but you grew up in Baltimore. Yeah, I um I moved into Baltimore like around um, I was around ten or eleven when I when I moved to Baltimore. Um, but I've always gone back and forth to New York like most of my life up until like my late teen years, you know. So I, I always will consider Baltimore as home, but New York will always be home too. Okay, so New York is where your heart's at. <laughs> yes, but Baltimore is <laughs> always going to be home too. Okay, so tell me what brought you to start writing poetry. Um, well, years ago, um, I'm showing my age now, but uh, years ago, I um, there used to be a couple different outlets, you know, that in, in Baltimore where you could go and listen to like, you know, the live poetry, you know, and everything. And I, I really loved that scene. You know, it was very um, expressive, you know what I mean? And it's something different, you know what I mean? So people think, when you think of poetry, they just think of, you know, Love Jones or whatever. But, you know, to actually be able to, you know, go to certain places to kind of facilitate that energy, that was, that was really cool. So that kind of was like the birth of me really starting to write, gave me a chance to really you know, deliver my thoughts in a different way. You know what I mean? And uh, it was kind of cool. And Love Jones happened to be one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's a classic. <laughs> yes. And I hate that we didn't have anything like that here in, in where I'm from, but that's neither here nor there. Um, do you remember the first time that you actually shared one of your poems? Yeah, I actually do. So um, it's funny. So I, I consider myself like an artist all the way around. So um, a friend of mine used to have an art gallery that was up on Liberty Road. Uh, it was called Caroline's Art Gallery. So he sold artwork in his place. It was a huge store, uh, sold a lot of black art or whatever. But at nighttime, he'd bring like the chairs in there and everything. And he would do like the whole uh, spoken word syndicate. And it was, it was kind of cool. It started off small, uh, just like a couple people. And then, uh, it, it kind of grew into this, this thing to the point where he had to move it to like a bigger venue. So when it started growing, you know, I was there from the grassroots of it all. I just, you know, and I kept every time I used to go and see people do their thing, it just kind of like inspired me. So I started writing, had my little, spiral back book and I started writing some stuff and you know a lot of people that went on stage were really really good but I was like you know what I'm gonna try my hand and just see how people respond to my stuff and naturally you know I go on stage and you know I stumble a little bit because I wasn't used to the performance out of it you know actually standing in front of people or whatever but people still received what I was doing so it just kind of gave me more confidence to keep writing do you remember the first one you did 
it was a poem called Conception of Deception. And um, and it's ironic that I'm even mentioning that because that's going to be uh, actually an installment for a book that I'm doing. I actually uh, in the works now of writing a book based on the poem that I wrote years ago. And basically the, the, the poem just uh, reflects uh, this girl um, growing from you know, her teenage years into womanhood and some of the not so great decisions that she made as far as just for herself and how she relates to men and different things like that. And it, it kind of goes through just the whole stages of what she's gone through, the regret she goes through and, and just what she has to do to get to a point of coming into womanhood and coming into making better decisions so that she can, you know, sustain uh, having a relationship. Oh wow! I can see how everybody perceived that. That's yeah. deep. Yeah, especially coming from a male perspective. Now, how did yeah, you? And, and, how did and, and you I even think, come up with that? So I, I grew up around women. You know what I mean? Uh, my, you know, growing up here in Baltimore. You know, at the time, my my, my father was in the military full time, and you know, I have a relationship with my father. But in my earlier years, you know, the 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 what I was anchored to was my mother or my grandmother or people that were my mother were close to that were women. So it gave me insight to seeing certain things, but you know, at, at the end of the day, the way men process things and the way women process things, process things is different. So I think the thing that, um, it's really interesting, as you said about this is that, you know, it's, a story of something that a woman goes through, but it's definitely from a man's perspective. Um, and I even, like I said, I've, I've, I, I've created like the manuscript and I've got letting some people just see just the manuscript of what I've written so far. And, you know, people are like, yo, you really need to put this out because this is, this is different. You know what I mean? So I'm definitely going to try to, um, put it out. Um, and it's, it's a book that, uh, it's going to have a lot of grit to it because, Everything that's in the book happened, but just it's accumulation of, of, of people that make this one character. So it's not something that specifically happened to one person, but everything happened. So it's like when you read it, it's like you could pretty much say, OK, well, this. Wow. And I even name places that don't even exist no more. Like people used to go to a store merry-go-rounds, you know, or. Oh, or, I remember um, merry go round because it's 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 like a period piece, you know, because it if, because that was like more of a a highlight of of my time here in Maryland. You know, you used to have the store merry go round. People used to go to Security Square Mall or you know Owens Mills Mall, and there were certain stores that existed then that don't exist now. And um, so everything is kind of centered around that. Um, it's highlights from you know Morgan University and you know, the, the life, you know, in fraternities and sororities and what goes on. So there's a lot of grit to it to, that a lot of people can can relate to. It's funny because when you say how men and women think differently, that is very true because women, we think emotionally and men think factually. Right, right, right. So exactly. so that that will be a very interesting read. So I, I look forward to reading that. So. Why do you feel so passionate about so many different forms of art? Um, the simple answer is that, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I came from uh, very strict West Indian parents. 
and uh, you know, growing up, um, it was kind of frowned upon to kind of love the arts. You know, in Caribbean culture, if you're not trying to be a lawyer, doctor, you know, whatever, you know, if there's something outside of that, you're not. It's not really respected. So, even though I, you know, did the whole you know career thing and acclimated myself, went to college and all that other stuff. I still always had that, you know, yearning desire to just really get into the arts because it was expressive and it gives me a chance to be an individual, you know, and, uh, and you know, I think the, the, the biggest crime that a, a person can have is that they go through their whole life and they don't even know who they are because they validate themselves through things or they validate themselves through, um, they validate themselves through things or their job or or other people. But, you know, the arts gives you a platform where you're constantly refining yourself. So that's that's what I really love about it. So that's that's why I stay anchored into it. Do you feel that um, that because of what you do influences others to go ahead and pursue what their art form is? Um. Yeah, but not not so much for art. I I feel like I feel like overall, I feel like we all whether we're artistically inclined or whether we just have other inclinations, I feel like everybody should take that journey within to self and you'd be surprised at what you discover about yourself. Sometimes you you'll figure out that you can do things that you never thought that you were able to do. Um some people it leads to entrepreneurship. You know, some people, it leads to them retooling themselves for other skills because now they have the confidence. So I, I feel like, yeah, I do feel like I, I, I try to influence, but not necessarily just for the art, just to find out something different that maybe you just didn't know was there. Because a lot of times we 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 become like mice on a wheel sometimes. And, and it's not purposefully. You know, it's just that society puts us that way where, you know, we work, we come home, we work, we come home, we work, we come home. And we don't always get the chance of refinement, you know. And, and um, the, the interesting thing with this year was that um, during this pandemic, you know, I got separated from my job, not purposely, not negatively, but because of the COVID, you know, I haven't been at my regular job since April, you know what I mean? Um, so I really, it really gave me a chance to really look into myself and kind of reformat myself, not because, um, I couldn't just sit back or whatever, but because, well, one, you know, I'm grateful for, you know, whatever happens as far as unemployment, but that realistically is not enough to sustain anybody. Mm -hmm. And then two, I, you know, I got a chance to really just be able to step back and just like, okay, this is what I need to do. And, you know, and have the room and the time, well, um, time to do it. Yeah. We were all forced to sit down and reevaluate ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us about your book. The book, uh, it's called, uh, 180, um, the book of affirmations um it the genesis of it was um all kind of like it, it, it all kind of took place from this year um 
there was a lot of crazy things that uh, that happened this year. And I feel like sometimes, as I said before, sometimes God strips you of a lot. And sometimes when you think that you're being buried in life, you're actually being planted. You know, it's a story about when you're planted. Once you're planted, there's something that's going to grow from out of you. It's like a seed, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But sometimes life can make you seem, make it seem as if you're being buried and not planted. So um, there's a lot that went on this year. You know, I've gotten divorced this year. You know, the whole situation with my job and, you know, in the beginning, you know, my best, one of my best friends in the whole world, when this COVID first started, he died. Him and his mother died from, oh, I'm from so COVID. Sorry. So it, 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 there was just a lot going around in my head. And then I was just, I just sat back and I just started writing. You know, I have, I have like um, little journal books that I write. And um, I just wanted to just write my thoughts because it's better for me to write than to just absorb all of the, these different energies and just, start feeling some type of way, you know, so as I was writing, you know, I was just like, you know what, I need to start really trying to do things to affirm and with me connecting with people that were positive and uh, me writing and me just doing other things, all these ideas started coming into place. So I decided to, to write about it. And, you know, the, and when I first wrote it, it was something that was very, um, very detailed. And then I was like, you know what? Um, we're living in an age now where people's attention spans are a little bit different now. Um, and that's not negative, but because, you know, everybody's on social media and, and different platforms, everything's kind of immediate. So I wanted to create a writing style that was kind of the same way where, you know, there were some affirmations that were long, but there were a lot of them that are really short because sometimes we just need just enough to be able to change our thought process as far as how we feel about ourselves or the day. That's why a lot of times when people put, you know, positive memes on um, social media, that's how, why it, it, it's so effective because it's just enough for you to be able, sometimes just a few words can change the whole vibe of your day. So I just mm -hmm. wanted to kind of create something on that same vibe. Now, why 180? Okay, so in the beginning, the book was actually supposed to be 360. Um, I had I have a person who was editing my book, and I had reached 180. And um, the person was like, "Listen, you need to you need to put this out now." And I was like, "No, it's not even finished." And it was <laughs> like, you know, you know how much evolution a person can make within. 180 days because you haven't and after each affirmation is it's one affirmation per day mm -hmm. so I said you know what you're right so I said I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to put this out and then in February which is my birthday is when the actual 360 book will be well the, the, the actual 360 book will be completed this month but I'll, I'll have it out between January um, and January and hopefully be promoting it around my birthday month, which is in February. Oh, mine too. February 25th. Okay. I'm the 17th. So what is your mission statement? My mission your, statement? Yeah. What, um, what, would you, what would you say is your personal mission statement? My mission statement is to just find ways to promote thought, 
to to have people take a second look at life, you know, or, or what they do within their life. And if I can do that, then that can be enough to inspire a person to do other things. Because like I said, you know, there's so many parts of everybody's life that's automated. And I'm sure that everybody doesn't want it to be that way. But life is that way. I mean, we all have responsibilities. We have houses. You know, some of us have kids. And those elements make us, you know, automated the way we do things. And, you know, we really don't get a chance to really explore ourselves or even explore just thinking about something in a different way. And then on top of that, you have sometimes you have to even be careful of the circle of people that you surround yourself with, because sometimes people and like I said, sometimes people don't mean to do it, but sometimes even people can be like dream killers. You know, you mm-hmm. you may have an idea or or a desire that you want to have and then you're around the wrong person and you may mention it. And before they even get a chance to really hear the whole idea of something, they'll dissect it or they'll they'll destroy it before it even becomes a reality. And then it makes you, even though it didn't destroy it, it may have destroyed your means of wanting to do it. So I just want to be a beacon of, of, of hope to be able to just do certain things that will help people to to um, to push forward. Um, so most of the things that I'll be writing, with the exception of the book I was telling you about, The Conception and Deception, will be more of like a self-help type stuff. Okay, so you have a lot of uh, a lot of a series coming, if you will. Yes, yes, yes. I, it, there's a there's three parts to what I've been working on. I've been working on it for the past few months so the first part was 180 and um, the second part will be 360 which was what the book was originally intended to be so what I intend to do is to not only create 180 more affirmations but I'll probably put a few extra things in there too maybe little hints of like maybe poetry or some other things give a little bit more considering it took me longer to finish that project and then the uh, the third thing that I'll be releasing in the spring in the spring is a book called "Because You Can't Stop the Hustle," um, and basically, it's telling it, it's 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 going through just showing people things that they can do if they fall financially, and I feel like I'm the perfect person to tell the story because I've surrounded with myself with people who are figuring it out. And I mean, we're talking about people who've had jobs of all all life, you know, six figure jobs or whatever that may have lost their job and become displaced because of the pandemic. And, you know, just telling their story as well as my story of things that you can do for, on a grassroots level, a better situation, maybe better than than the job that you got separated from. So, you know, I, I don't want people to feel like, okay, because this pandemic is going on, um, that you can't win, that you can't rise. It's just that you have to recalibrate your mind and figure out what is it that you can offer to people during this time. Now, what advice would you give to someone who's an aspiring poetry writer, photographer, or in the artistic field? What advice would you give them? The advice that I would give them is Mm -hmm. to just start. Um, There is no perfect formula for what 
uh, success looks like. Um, you know, as you know, the main thing that I do um, that I provide income with is photography. That's that's my main thing that I do is photography. Uh, when I first started doing photography, um, I didn't even know how to turn a camera on, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, I, I knew nothing. I mean, I, I just kind of connect with other photographers and watch what they do and pick little bits and pieces of those people and kind of incorporated them into my own. And luck, thank God, you know, that what I've learned made me as good as what I am. But even as far as writing, you know, you may um, you may read and you may see people who um, you may admire, maybe their writing style or what they do. Because, I mean, sometimes the biggest obstruction is yourself. You know what I mean? Um, if you if you doubt yourself long enough, you can talk yourself out of doing just about anything. So I feel like the greatest thing that a person can do is just close their eyes and just do it. And if you fail, so what? At least you have a point of, of, of refinement. You know what I mean? You, you, you can say, okay, this is where I failed or, or this is a part that I could have done better. But if you don't even start, you you don't even have that reference point to be able to do that. So I think the greatest thing that a person can do is just close their eyes, have faith, and just take that leap. Now, how can people contact you? They can contact me, you know, uh, through uh, email. Uh, you know, my, my email is artphotofashion at gmail.com. Um, I'm a, I will eventually do another email that's specifically for my uh, my book book because I know there's maybe people that may want some insights on on that um, people can inbox me on my Instagram which is eclectic vibe too and I'll gladly reach out to somebody I mean I, I, I naturally I don't want to just give my phone number right here on this platform but right. if someone reaches out to me on one of those platforms where they can email me or if they reach out to me on my on my Instagram or even on my on my Facebook I'm usually really good about um, connecting back with people. Okay, so is your Facebook page, Instagram page, your name? Uh, my name is on my Facebook page, which is Hugh Williams. Okay. Um, my Instagram is Eclectic Vibe Two, and then you know my G- my uh, email is artphotofashion at gmail dot com because my photography company is Art Photo Fashion LLC. So you know they can reach me at any one of those platforms. And I'll gladly, you know, entertain within reason. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed you. Because, you know, I get a lot of uh, guests and you, I always try to visualize what they will sound like. I know visualize probably the wrong word to use for hearing. But anyway, visualize what they're going to sound like. And you're probably the first person that you sound like your picture, if that makes (laughs) any sense. I hope that's a good thing. It's oh, a great a thing because usually it's like, oh, that, that didn't sound like what I visualized. But no, you sound just like what your picture looks like. So no, no, that's a great thing. So okay. no, 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 no. So, but I do have one more question. I ask this to all my guests. Okay. So I don't know if you're ready for it. You should be ready for it. You're ready for it. So you okay. ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So if you can have any song be your theme song when you walked into a room. 
what would it be and why? Can't Knock the Hustle by Jay-Z. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I mean, I, you know, it, it's, it's weird. Like, for me, uh, I listen to all different types of music. I, 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 my, my favorite genre of music is Neo Soul. Second, second genre is reggae, of course, because of my roots. But um, when I work out, because I'm, you know, in a process of trying to get myself in shape, you know, I listen to, I listen to Jay-Z, you know what I mean? And um, it's something about that song, like whenever I feel like I'm at a good place, you know, working out, or even when I'm getting ready to create something, I will play that song. And it just, for me, I mean, not necessarily from the lyrical standpoint, but for the vibe of what it gives me, it makes me feel like, all right, it's time to do this. You know what I mean? So that would be my song. Okay. It just, it, it gives you hype. Yes, absolutely. It, it puts it, you it in that, and it puts like that I, mode. It, it, yeah, it makes me feel like I'm ready to take some stuff on. Okay. I ain't mad at you. <laughs> do what you got to do. Yes, Well, ma'am. thank you so much for being on the show. And I look forward to your next chapter in life. And I look forward to your book coming out in February. And make sure you let us know. And I would love to have you back. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I definitely... Hopefully I can definitely tell you about a couple of the other projects because I'm currently working on them as we speak. Absolutely. And then hopefully I can have you on uh, Worldly Church Girl Live. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on my show. I can't wait to see all your up and coming new books. And if you would like to be on Worldly Church Girl, click the link below, shoot me an email, let's see what we can do with that thing and if you haven't heard worldly church girl has went live you can catch me on facebook live you can also catch me on awesome guy radio i'm also going to be on b-man tv and you can catch me on youtube so hit that subscription button so you can never miss another episode And as always, thanks for joining your one and only Worldly Church Girl.